Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is the Gypsy Women with Tambourines podcast. My name is Legrand. I'm joined by Jeremy and Dale. Hello. Oh, I have so much to say about Gypsy Women with Tambourines. Uh, we're filling in for the Game Bite show. This is what you usually get on this feed, but uh, today... All gypsy women and tambourines. So pull up your caravan, guys. This is our other podcast. This is happening. Yeah, top top ten gypsy women with tambourines. Uh, well, there's Edna and uh, there's Esmeralda from the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't know any, but Jeremy knows them all. Oh, Jeremy all of knows them. them all. That's all my thing. Them. That's my thing. So I understand that a uh, little fighting game tournament's going on, and we're not there, dude. We're not. We're not at Evo, and I'm. And if I if I uh, sound distant, or um, I, if I answer completely wrong, or you ask me a question and I don't answer, or answer something really stupid, it's because I'm watching Evo. Ah, oh. just give you that warning. You know. Okay. All right. It's Championship Sunday. I don't know. Next year, we got to go to this thing. I'm down to go to it. I just uh, it, kind of a weird circumstances this year, but uh, we. Well, we'll you guys could go to uh, the uh, Evo Japan, right? They have that like in the in the off season. Yeah, an, an Evo uh, Las Vegas trip is a lot less expensive than an Evo Japan trip. Yeah, yeah. it's like a four-hour drive. No big deal. But we should get uh, we should get Dale and Jared on board, dude. Wouldn't that be fun? Meet, I don't meet know. in Las Vegas for Evo. It'll be like uh, it'll be like that movie. Dale gets his face tattooed. Can any of us do a Hadouken at this point? I can. I just bought Street Fighter Five, by the way. It's on sale for Evo. Whoa, not bad. Uh, you you could make it this year if you hurry. You can make it to the finals. Yeah, if, if they have some technical difficulties, I'll make it and show up and be able to. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll participate. Maybe Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Fighter Z is still or Fighters is still going on uh, right now. And Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Fighter Z. Yeah. You know, there was a time when I told myself, "Hey, I'm gonna like get good and I'm gonna go play at Evo." I think that's time. I think that time has passed, though. Yeah, I was oh, like yeah. right when Street Fighter Four came out. Oh yeah, too old for this. Well, you never know. I mean, they could start having like um, you know turn-based war games at Evo, and then we might stand a chance. Oh yeah, the ones where you don't have to actually have mm-hmm. any Twitch um, skill. Yeah, yeah, it's all knowledge. If they open a bracket for competitive clicking games, like I'd be there. Be all about that. Competitive cookie clicker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, Yoda stories. If they if they open a Yoda stories bracket and I can play Yoda stories or ski free, I will own any percent ski free. Any ski free, any percent. Yep. No no tool assist. Cool man. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we we appreciate it this night. Um, for our uh, what were we talking about again? Podcasting. Podcasting. Yeah, we should talk about some video game news. That's what we do. I do have some. I have an answer. You guys were talking about last week. Um, just. To throw this in really quick, you guys were talking about uh, games that deserve a, another look um, because No Man's Sky, I guess, is better or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think that Heroes of the Storm needs to have a better, another look. Boo! Because Boo. Uh, it's, it's it's really good and it's Boo. better than Dota Lol. Boo. Boo! That's all. All right. Well, let's let's move this thing along. So uh, <laughs> Evo's still going on. Evo's still going on, you guys. Uh, but uh, we do have some news out of it. Actually, the, so let's let, maybe we'll talk for just a minute. Uh, I watched uh, Tekken. I like Tekken. Tekken was pretty good. Uh, I was really impressed with Dragon Ball Fighters. Actually, I am a little yeah. bit. I'm a little bit mad about it because I always really liked Marvel versus Capcom, but there is admittedly an element of chaos to that game. Like it's hard to tell sometimes what exactly is going on. Dragon Ball Fighters is basically, as we've talked about before, the new Marvel versus Capcom, but it looks really good in competition like it is easy to follow it's cool looking the animations and the supers are really cool 
And I'm kind of mad about it because I think it might actually be better than Marvel versus Capcom. It is better. Mm. I love Marvel versus Capcom. That's rough. But it's 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 a better game. It's it's I don't know. A little a little too chaotic, like you said. I mean, it's just so the animation's so tight on Dragon Ball. It is. I don't even like Dragon Ball. It's just Ball. a joy that's, just to watch. That's the thing that makes yeah. me mad is I don't even like Dragon Ball. But you know what? Here's here's what I can say about it. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is better than the TV show ever was. <laughs> yeah, so, prove me wrong. I'm gonna sit uh, sit in the park with my sign. Prove me wrong. You, have you watched the TV show? Uh, yeah. Barely anything happens after a whole. Season. I watched like eight seasons of it. Of like, yeah, and that was Dragon that Ball. was just Goku charging up for his final attack. No, that was before there was ever any Super Saiyan. That wasn't Dragon Ball Z. That was Dragon Ball. Oh, original. the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, original Dragon Ball is cool. I like that. But you don't like you don't like Dragon Ball Z, is what you're no, saying? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Dragon Ball Z, please. I never watched. I've, I don't think I've ever watched a single full episode of Dragon Ball Z. It's, you just don't. You just don't get very far. What about Dragon Ball Super? Have you seen that one? Uh, no. no. That's the no. modern series that. Uh, you know, is on its like. Know, is it still going on? Or something. What power yeah. level there? What power level are they on now? Where do you watch it at? Where do you, where can you watch that on? I What's watched on? probably the first five or six episodes of that illicitly on some site I couldn't even tell you the name of. <laughs> but I think okay. it's on Crunchyroll. If you have, you if you a, have, do that you need service. a subscription for that? No, no, actually, you don't. They have a thing where you can watch it with ads for free, but it's a worse experience than just paying. You know. I, th- I, yeah. think, I think it's like six bucks a month or something. You know what? Just just watch Evo 2018. You're good. That's all you need. Dragon That's what I'm saying. Ball Super. There's 131 episodes of Dragon Ball Super. I can't. I thought you said they were episode three, bro. No, like season three. And the, I mean... Yeah, that's how they do this. Season shows. three, episode one hundred and thirty-one, huh? That's it, it's at. easy when you make when you make one season's worth of stuff and then spread it out. I don't know if anybody's catching my drift here, but you know, some some dude like casting a Hadouken <laughs> takes like four episodes. Hadouken is Street Fighter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. No bueno, no bueno. Kamehame, hame, 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 and they go like that for like a week. I think you're thinking of the Genki Dama uh, that Goku has to charge up for. And then, like all Dale. the people around the world, have to have to contribute their energy, and it takes a really lot of time. I don't want you or your wall scroll wisdom. Okay, I, want, I don't want that. We don't need that. <laughs> just saying, if you if you want to ever have any hope of beating Frieza, just saying the spirit bomb. Just saying. Just uh, who's super who's saying. cooler? Do you know who cooler is? Yeah, that's Frieza's dad. He is a punk. He just gets like insta killed by Trunks at some point. <laughs> Spoilers. It's like in the same episode that he debuts. He just gets. There's like Mecha Frieza and Cooler, and they just both get annihilated. This is way too much Dragon Ball Z talk. So. Well, Cooler's coming to Dragon Ball Fighter Z. That's that was an announcement. I, okay. I'm bringing it back around. All right, there we go. We're gonna bring it back around to the game news. Uh, so also going on at Evo 2018, they've announced that G and Sagat are coming to Street Fighter Five. Who is G? Uh, He's a I, new dude. He's he, a president. He is crazy looking. He's like Abraham Lincoln. With, with like a, a Thor a blonde beard. beard, and then he's got like <laughs> fire muscle arms. I don't know what he is. It says that he's like the president of the world. I like this new Sagat design. He looks like a badass. Yeah. Kind of he does, yeah. It's almost as cool as Ryu's like beard design. Oh. You guys seen that? Hot Ryu. Hot Sagat. Hot Sagat. Sagat. Oh, you know what? I think he um, was rejected from Bioshock Infinite. I, You know, I actually was hoping, I was hoping that he was G from... Uh, House of the Dead or Typing of the Dead? Oh, suffer like suffer G. like G did. I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any relation. No relation. G, President of the World. No relation. Jeez. So what is he like? A 
stage magician or something like what i don't know why he goes by that that initial i don't know sagat looks like a badass he's got a pet tiger we'll find out though do you think he throws that shawl off like he like flexes and the shawl like explodes off maybe i'm just getting too into the dbz mode here you might you might be we need to we need to rein it in uh we need to rein it in because we're going to get into your other mode walking dead did you know that uh walking dead's negan is coming to tekken 7 in the season pass, uh, new crossover characters. So uh, they've already had. They've he already does kind of look like a te- Tekken character, actually. A little bit, doesn't he? He yeah. kind of fits. Yeah. He kind of fits. Uh, along with Noctis, and uh, I guess they're also going to have Anna Williams and Lei Wulong, who are actually already from Tekken. Lei Wulong. Wait, are you saying Noctis from Final Fantasy 15? Yeah. That Noctis? Yeah. Did you guys play much Tekken 3 when Lei was, was in that? Uh, I played a ton of Tekken 3, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. I don't remember which Tekken I played a lot of. It was one of them. Because Lei was like a really, I guess by Tekken standards, he was a very technical character to play. If I remember right, he had like a lot of grabs and stuff like that that you would have to do weird button combinations mm. for. Well, believe it or not, Tekken characters are actually coming to Tekken instead of everybody else. So I guess look forward to that. Uh, guys, uh, PUBG, I know that we've been talking a lot about Fortnite, but we got to talk about PUBG for just a minute. Uh, PUBG has, uh, topped, well, no, maybe not topped, but, uh, done a, uh, quite a, a gangbusters of sales. Uh, game has sold 4.7 million units, uh, in the month of June alone on PC. And, uh, that is pretty good considering that Fortnite Battle Royale on PC made it to number six in terms of sales. This is according to Superdata. Uh, but I'm not quite sure exactly how that works because Battle Royale Fortnite is free to play. So I don't know exactly how they, how they know that stuff, but, um, the, uh, the data also for 2018 places, uh, Fortnite at number six overall on PC and, uh, PUBG didn't actually even make it to the top 10 on consoles at all. It's number three on PC. Uh, so I, I don't know. I know we've been talking a lot about Fortnite, but apparently PUBG is doing really well and potentially even selling more than Fortnite, which seems weird to me. We don't, we just don't hear about that. Fortnite's not selling anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, well, I know. I, I'm, I don't and, know. And how are they, and how are they getting those numbers? That's, I mean, that's a great question, but, uh, according to Superdata, they, they seem to know. So I don't know. Yeah. Of uh, course they're selling more than Fortnite because Fortnite, nobody's buying the the save the world well i think they're probably considering it as far as like installs downloads and stuff yeah uh and it's not clear to me this seems to be this seems to take uh uh, into account both pc console and mobile and uh actually looking at the mobile for 2018 it looks like neither one of those is actually on the top well only PUBG has a mobile game that's featuring licensed stuff from mission impossible fallout weird that is weird weird. and weird uh, the other thing that is kind of interesting about uh, about uh, Fortnite is that Epic is actually going to be publishing, when they do publish the Android version of Fortnite, they're not going to be publishing it on the Google Play Store. They're actually going to be self-publishing it. Uh, I guess they say they want to maintain the direct relationship with fans, but I suspect it probably has to do with bypassing. 30%. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> By, bypassing. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not sure if you can even do something like that with iOS. Like, can you install? Is, is it possible to? I don't think so. I think you have to install all your apps through the because oh. that's what I was wondering. I've, I've never dealt with an Android phone. I was thinking, can they just like direct you to a Web page to download? Yeah, it? yeah, they, they can. In fact, actually, you, it's just an APK file is the thing for Android. And all yeah. you have to do is on your phone, just enable uh, it's like enable installs from unverified sources or something like that, which basically means off the Google Play Store. Right. You you can do that on uh, you can do that on iOS as well, but it's I think they put 
there's got to be some restrictions to it because we have an enterprise account with Apple at my work. Yeah. So we can distribute apps that require you to like give permission to the developer or whatever to install it on your phone. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been presented with that option. I, I've never done that before. And we've only done that for our own internal use apps yeah. rather than... Yeah, we never distribute those to the public. I have a few apps that I, I have on my phone for stuff to do with my employer, but they all come straight from the app store. Yeah, on Android, it's not really a big thing. You just pretty much check one box and it'll it'll let you do it. So uh, a lot of people are going to be opening themselves up to uh, a lot of malware, I guess, when uh, Fortnite comes to Android. Dude, like every other day I get a notice from Epic that's like somebody's trying to unsuccessfully log into my Fortnite account. <laughs> like it happens all the time. And what do they want to get in there for? What are they trying to do? I don't have shit on mine. I mean, literally. they need to do, you need some dancing. You need some, they need some dancing. That's what they need. All right. It's dancing. Here, here's another thing. Speaking of uh, statistics that are kind of, I guess, improbable, uh, the concurrent user count on Steam has decreased nearly 20% since January. Um, numbers have gone down 17%, according to Steam spy creator Sergey Galyonkin. Uh, and that is, uh, it, it, there is something that you see that during summer, during, during the warm weather, people go outside or whatever. Uh, last year, that drop was 9% during the summer years. But uh, this uh, seems to be something where it, you know, generally recovers. But uh, if with a larger decline like that, it may imply that Steam's usual rate of growth is slowing down. Um, thing is that it actually hit a massive user peak earlier this year from Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. So I don't know if that's people have speculated that it could be that people migrating to Fortnite might have something to do with that. Um, but I don't know. Galyonkin himself says that he doesn't think that that's likely because that decrease of people, you know, not purchasing PUBG. And, and that's why I put that other news story a little bit earlier is that PUBG seems to be selling like really, really well still. So not sure, not sure what that means, but uh, I have a suspicion myself. And I think it's that we're actually seeing that all of the users from China who uh, have logged on and now have decided that, uh, you know, they're, they're done with, uh, you know, American uh, storefronts and they're now uninstalling it and going back to uh, free-to-play MMOs. Well, wait a second, Korea. your um, previous, uh, or I guess Galeonkin's, um line of reasoning concerning Fortnite and PUBG seems to take as a base assumption that people play one or the other and not both, you know, to some degree? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's probably a safe assumption. I don't think so. I think there's definitely people out there that play both, just like, you know, with any pair of fighting games or whatever at the same time though not at the same time but that's why they're logging off steam i mean not right? not, not, <laughs> not like literally at the same time but i mean yeah yeah, yeah exactly at the same time uh as in like you know three days a week you might play one game and the other four you play another game yeah i, I think know. that's entirely possible and it just so happens that when you're playing Fortnite, you're not doing it on steam although the concurrent user thing is interesting because i would think most people would just have steam running in the background if it's something that they use regularly right yeah. Yeah, mine's always on. And and then aren't you are you then not a concurrent user? I mean, right? I don't know. I think that means people would be logged out. Yeah. The way I which is interesting. So like maybe they never started up even and maybe that's because they're too busy playing Fortnite. Could be. As of right now there's not really a clear indication, but uh that's all decent speculation. But it's not uh, because of Guild Wars or something, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could be, it could be like there's a hot thing on Netflix, you know. I mean, something like yeah. that. But it's, yeah, people are like, hey, something's on Netflix. Turn Steam off. It's definitely not because they're playing any other single video game that's 
besides Fortnite, right? Yeah, that's true. It could be that people are playing Fortnite not on PC at all, but rather on the Nintendo Switch. That's where I've been playing at lately. Really? Is that right? That's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though. I prefer it on the Switch to the PC. Well, here is some good news for you, because I, I know that I've been talking about playing a few games on Switch and kind of choosing that as, as my platform. I don't know that Fortnite necessarily is one of those, but uh, I've kind of been talking about the thing that would stop me from that, which is Nintendo's online paid service. That's what I was um, waiting to stop me from playing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So some games that are uh, sort of uh, anticipating this have particular wording in their description that kind of mentions the outline of the launch service that will require a paid membership. Uh, the message for games such as Minecraft says to use online services, you must have access to a wireless internet connection uh, for the full launch of the Nintendo Switch online membership in 2018. Online play requires a paid membership. However, people on Resetera have noticed that Fortnite, Paladins, Pinball FX3, Pokemon Quest, and Fallout Shelter do not carry that message, which may indicate that those games are considered uh, to be separate as free-to-play games and may not be subject to requiring that online subscription, uh, which I think would be awesome. And I'm actually kind of waiting to see if that same thing applies to Warframe. Kind of waiting to see if it applies to Warframe, too. Uh, but Because I, I have not really played Warframe anywhere, I but understand. I maybe played on the Switch. How, do, how does the Nintendo then, I mean, if this is the case, how does anybody justify having their game on the, the multiplayer that you have to pay for? Well, the thing is that it, they already do this on the PlayStation. So PlayStation Plus is sort of widely considered to be discretionary as far as whether the developer or probably the publisher chooses whether to enforce the PS Plus subscription requirement. Um, it's a choice? It, it is, yeah, on the, on the part of the publisher. They, I mean, then why uh, would you Sony, ever put your multiplayer behind the pay? I wonder if they maybe don't get some kind of share of the revenue for operating cost or something. Yeah, but still, it's just a barrier to entry. You would never want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, some do, and that's how Xbox Live Gold has worked, and I don't know. I guess I guess we'll kind of have to see, because I don't know that Nintendo's offering a, a whole lot else otherwise, but I'm sure that none of their yeah. games are going to I personally to think that all of the, the pay services just need to go away, and that all multiplayer should be free. Yeah. I, I don't mind the paid service if they give you something good for it. Like, I've, I've actually been really pleased with PlayStation Plus, and to some extent Xbox Live Gold. Um, but, but I don't know what Nintendo is offering with their, you know, play one game for, for a month and then, and then you have to pay for it. I, I don't know. Uh, so I am, I am pretty pleased that they presumably, I mean, as of right now, this is not confirmed, but presumably are maybe going to allow free to play games to be truly free to play. Just not with anybody on any other system. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Except, oh, wait, that's well, not, not Sony. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation 4 has now reached 82.2 million units in global sales, which surpasses the PlayStation 3's lifetime units sold, uh, oh, which wow. is pretty good. Uh, yeah, last quarter they sold 3.2 million units, which uh, brings up from the previous total of 79 up to 82.2. Well, I bought a PS3 and I still haven't bought a PS4, so... Close, but no cigar, Sony. Well, <laughs> well you, you're just you're just waiting to be the next. You're going to break them at the 100 million units. Uh, that, that's what you're going to do. Uh, the uh, you know the thing is that I'm not sure who we're chasing here. Uh, the PlayStation 2 is the best selling game system overall, with over 155 million units sold worldwide. Wow. Uh, I don't think they're going to catch that because all but... those disc read errors. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess after that, we have the Nintendo DS at 154 million units. 
after that, the Game Boy uh, and the Game Boy Color, 118 million units. Is that DS counting 3DS? Or is that, is that like just DS? Uh, I think that's just DS because just the 3DS goes to 72 million units. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the Wii, how about this? The Wii, um, so the original PlayStation, 102 million. The, the Nintendo Wii, 101 million. So Wait, that actually it? shakes out the a Wii lot only Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's surprising. Yeah. yeah, how about that? It just did it in two weeks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the Wii U, in the meantime, 13 million. Uh, it's too bad about that. Uh, so congratulations to them for that. Uh, a few other little milestones going on in Sony's neck of the woods. Uh, God of War, the new, uh, you know, titular, I guess, I don't know, eponymous. It's The new Kratos game? Yeah, the, the new, you know, uh, dad of war uh, ha- is now the fastest selling PlayStation exclusive game in the history of that service since they began tracking back in 1995. Um, uh, Naughty Dog is the last of us was the previous record holder, but it's been five years since that game came out. Uh, God of War sold 5 million units in its first month alone and its digital revenue topped $130 million. Whoa, that's a lot. Um, 5 million a in a month. Yeah. And I rented it once that's crazy. for free. So I probably am figuring in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, PlayStation 4 exclusive Detroit Become Human surpassed 1.5 million players worldwide. Oh, another More game than, I need to play. Yeah. And it actually looks pretty good. I watched a lot of that. Uh, more than 20 million hours played uh, worldwide. Uh, by the way, Quantic Dream uh, studio head David Cage is now on Twitter if you're interested in that sort of thing. So I, I followed him. I don't know. I just want to see who he's getting yeah, lost. Was he not on Twitter days. before? I don't think he was. No, but now now he's got a lot to say now that he's losing lawsuits for her. Now that he's done with studio. crunch and everything, he can finally get on the social yeah. medias. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, also the PlayStation 4 Pro stock is running low in the United States. Uh, so if you're in the market for a PS4 Pro hot. this summer, that's right. Uh, looks like you can't get them right now at Amazon, Walmart, or Best Buy, although there are some stores taking pre-orders uh, for the limited edition Spider-Man unit that's coming out. So... Uh, look forward to that. Uh, in Europe, it's a little bit easier with the Fortnite bundle, which just launched. And um, I guess that's kind of about it. So they're struggling to get stock out, which... Fortnite bundle is like the worst bundle ever. It's a free game. Maybe it comes with... Um, battle Pass? Some six skins. Yeah, it could. Could do. Um, I guess I mentioned a little bit earlier, I probably should have, should have gone into more detail here. So uh, Quantic Dream actually lost a, a lawsuit from an employee, uh, which was uh, regards... In regards to a, I guess, a bunch of uh, photoshopped and uh, unflattering images that were being circulated around oh, the right. company. Yeah. Um, and apparently uh, that a, an IT manager discovered over 600 photoshop images of various employees uh, that were, I guess we'll just call them unflattering, going back as far as 2013. Uh, some of them were reportedly openly displayed at the offices there. Uh, this was a report by uh, Le Monde, the, um, the French newspaper, and uh, I guess the uh, lawsuit now seems to have uh, come to its conclusions. So I don't know. Like, like I said, I guess that's why David Cage is now on Twitter to complain about that. Um, <laughs> last item that we've got on here, uh, you know, you don't have to bet with Nintendo but you probably shouldn't bet against Nintendo. Unless it's the Wii U. Unless it's the Wii U, yeah. <laughs> um, so there was a U.S. trader who had placed a short stock uh, sale on Nintendo units, or on Nintendo stock units, uh, placing a $400 million bet, essentially, by short, stel- short selling the company's stock. Uh, that plan apparently seems to have somewhat backfired. Right. Uh, yeah, the hedge fund manager Gabriel Plotkin said that Nintendo's stock price would continue to fall after a recent trend of steady drops and uh, was using short selling tactics to make a profit if that turned out to be true. He borrowed and sold $400 million worth of shares. 
uh, and then would have been able to repurchase the stock at a lower value after fall, which means that he would gain the difference. However, things didn't go as he had planned. Nintendo's earnings beat early estimates and shares were up 7% in Tokyo uh, trading by the end of the day. And according to Bloomberg, that means that Plotkin's hedge fund uh, would have seen a loss of about $27 million. Uh, which isn't a lot considering that that his hedge fund oversees about $7 billion. Um, and it's really only the first day since he made that short sale uh, bet. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was that was kind of funny. And uh, I think it, it is instructive to all of us. Like I said, you don't have to bet with Nintendo. Just don't bet against them. And that's all the news that we've got for this week. Well, all right. I got new releases, I guess. We get these from tech-gaming.com. So go over there and look at all the lists of new releases. But we ha- we found four games that we cared about enough to put on our list. These are the highlights of the week. Overcooked 2. Do you guys play the first one? Overcooked is fun, yeah. It was fun. I did get to play that. I, I think it would be really good on the Switch um, with the uh, being able to have the Joy-Con. Yes, well, right. that's and that's one of the nice things about the Switch is it's the only system right now that is built in with multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, Madden 19's out this week as well. Uh, WarioWare Gold is out for the 3DS. Yes. Um, for 40 freaking dollars. And Ooh. a game, this is probably the highlight of the week, but Dead Cells, which is getting a lot of buzz around the internets. This is a uh, Castlevania-style Dark Souls difficult combat game that looks pretty good. It's on all the things. But it's also so. a 2D platforming action sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looks like a lot of fun. It's on the Switch, so that's probably where I'll play it uh, when I get it, when I get to it. I actually have one here. So on the list for the PC, I think, I don't see it anywhere else, uh, is a game called Russian Subway Dogs from Spooky Squid Games. And uh, it's about, I think it's actually based on actual something that happens where dogs in in Russia in like the underground subway actually go on the subway. And I guess people maybe just let them on there. But it has a soundtrack by Peter Chapman, who did Guacamelee. Uh, under the under the pseudonym of coins, which I actually really like that work. And it's all done in like this pixely, you know, there's all sorts of different dogs and things. Um, real life stray dogs of the Moscow Metro. And I guess you somehow manage their commute. So. All right. Well, I guess play that. Cool. This yeah. Week. Do it. <laughs> uh, nightclub is a is free until the end of August. Do you know what the first um, rule of nightclub is? You don't talk about nightclub. And you get it for free by signing up for their newsletter. Yeah. Well. Uh, let's see, Play, PlayStation Plus games this this month. We have Mafia 3 and Dead by Daylight for the PlayStation 4. And we have Bound by Flame for the PS3, Serious Sam 3 for the PlayStation 3, Draw Slasher, and Space Hulk, Warhammer, Space, Space Hulk, Hulk for the PlayStation Vita. Um, so get those, I guess. For the Vita? Don't play them. Wow. Yeah, weird, huh? Uh, I think that game is a turn-based, isn't it like a... It's a tactical turn-based... Um, yeah. Very, very confined battlefields uh, sort of game. Yeah, it's, it's it's XCOM adjacent, but it's like nowhere near. It's like XCOM in a phone booth is how confined it oh, is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, there's also a couple of there's also a couple of free things that you get with it. They're not considered part of the thing, but you're they're actually uh, doing a PSVR uh, game called Here They Lie, which is sort of a I'm not sure exactly what it is. It says explore a nightmarish city inhabited by strange malevolent creatures. So there's a VR game that they're giving. That don't and then tell also, the uh, also one of their PlayLink games called Knowledge is Power, which is one of the kind of kind of like um, 
the Jackbox stuff where you play on your phone, you play with an app and everybody kind of does that. Sony has their own little series for that, which is kind of cool. I actually played a, a, a Jeopardy themed, an, an actual Jeopardy licensed game on my Android TV with my phone. And it actually works really well. So I, I actually dig those those kinds of games where you use your mobile device to play. Knowledge is power. Let's see. Stardew Valley has a multiplayer update. So I guess it's coming out of beta on PC this month. So Correct. Uh, pick that up. That hits. That's already hit this month. Hit on the first of August. So go play that now if you like Stardew Valley. I don't know if I would. Uh, that would get me back into it. Multiplayer. Um, back into Stardew Valley. Like, I really liked it, but a I don't want to play it on PC, and b it's a farming game. Yeah, I, I think it's good, but I just don't think I could get back into it again. Uh, Destiny Two has a new event coming out called the Solstice of Heroes event. Yeah, um, I've been playing this. So, I, what, what so is what's this the deal? About? If you're not a hero, then um, on on that day you don't get like the most light or the least light. Then it's the equinox of losers. You can't have a solstice and an equinox on the same day, Jeremy. Come on. In Destiny, you can because of lore. Because of lore. Because of the lore of Destiny, yeah. Uh, so what it is, is in advance of the Forsaken DLC, they're actually doing kind of a, sort of like the Loria Prima, where they did the year one events. They're, they're doing that with this, where you can do a bunch of basically arbitrary things that they've set out to do. And it gives you special recognition, and you can actually get level 400 armor in advance of Forsaken. Uh, and it looks really cool, like it's just an exclusive thing that you can do. Um, and it's kind of complicated. You actually have for each of the armor pieces, there's a set of like three different things that you've got to do to level up that armor and you have to wear the whole armor set. But every time you do it, every time you level up each set of armor, it gets you a better and a better set until you get to level 400 armor, uh, which eventually will come, I think, with the Forsaken DLC. But you can do this right now and it is completely irrespective of whether you own either of the previous expansions. So if you're playing vanilla, vanilla Destiny 2, you can actually get in on this right now and play just as anybody else does. So is the new expansion coming out this year? Is that uh, this year thing? Yeah, it's actually going to be on September 4th. So a month from now. I see. Cool. And I guess at that point, oh, I guess there's already two other expansions, right? Yeah, correct. So I'm sure they'll probably sell like one bundle with all of them or something. Yeah. That's what they did for, um, what was it? The Taken King or whatever? When Yeah, they, they did the Taken King the and then they did uh, Destiny? Lords of Iron, which was the only one that I didn't play. But like when the Taken King came out, you could buy one disc that was the base game and like the prior two mini expansions and then the Taken King Correct. major expansion. Correct. So I, yep. I reckon- That was like the only way they sold it, right, at that point. Yeah. So they'll probably do, be doing the same thing here with this. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Cool. Well, that's all that stuff for this week. Very good. All right. Well, we have a topic of discussion for this week. And um, this is one that I guess Jeremy probably thought up, right? Oh, it's just kind of um, like in in what way have um, games sort of evolved or, or changed over the years, or maybe over your sort of career of, of gaming, and um, and and what sort of things have you come to just accept or just had to sort of deal with it over Don, your dead Don body. Jeff. <laughs> the glasses come down. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was sort of just thinking about how I was a little bit salty that Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Fighters was really good. And like, I think even better than Marvel versus Capcom. And I was like, um, so, so yeah, so that's sort of what, what kind of prompted this. And uh, I guess there, there have been a few of these. Actually, I have one that, that um, I, I feel like, I'm not sure that I am like really salty about it, but I have just had to deal with the fact that there are no space flight simulators anymore. 
Um, that the only games, like I, I have not had any good excuse to use a joystick. In fact, I'm not even sure that there have been any flight simulators. It used to be that there were tons of World War II and World War I flight simulators and, you know, X-Wing and even Wing Commander. Jeremy, yeah, I mean, what about um, Elite Dangerous? Uh, yeah. And there's that know. one that I mean, is the, uh, the Eve online one that they made for PlayStation VR. Uh, Valkyrie something. Yeah, Eve Valkyrie. Eve Valkyrie. Eve Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah that game was good. The, the, I don't know that they're quite the same. Yeah. No. Well, there's No Man's Sky. I mean, I, I guess. I, I don't well, know. I'm just thinking anything where you get in a ship does not make it a flight simulator, right? Well, Eve, Eve Valkyrie is exactly that. It's not like a, you know. Microsoft Flight Simulator X or whatever the hell that yeah, game was. It, it was. It, it did have a lot of like control, like it had a lot of pitch and Elite yaw really is like and, that actually. <laughs> it's the flight simulator sort of thing. Well, I, I just feel like they have not been as as prominent. I guess uh, Elite Dangerous is probably a little bit like Privateer, maybe like the Wing Commander Privateer game. Um, but I don't know. I guess I just sort of miss that that flight sim culture that we used to have and now we don't really have it anymore would you would you like dogfight or would you just like yeah fly dude i was super into all of that stuff have you played eve valkyrie i'm just gonna bring that i up. did i did well that's how i know that it has like pitch and yaw and roll and all that stuff so it does have that plus it has inertia so you can like be facing one direction but you're still sliding the other way in space um so it does have that but uh, i don't know it just wasn't quite what i wanted i guess but it, but i guess I, I could see that i could see that maybe counting but like I said, I, I guess just in general, it's not as prolific a, a genre yeah, as maybe it, it used definitely to be. is not. So that's one for me. Uh, I've, I've got I've got something to talk about. I've got a bone to pick. Uh, so when I, so when I first got into the big into PC gaming in the internet era of PC gaming, um, playing online, playing at LAN parties and stuff like that. Uh, one of the one of the reasons one of the things I got way into was. Um, just like different clans and different groups of people that I played with. And we all had our own servers that we played games on. So we'd have our own dedicated server and uh, dedicated servers for a lot of games have kind of just gone away. Like they just Mm -hmm. don't exist. So uh, modern warfare too. Yeah. Modern warfare one. So call of duty four. Um, I, I was part of a clan and we played on the same server that, that our clan uh, ran and hosted. And I had an amazing time with these people. And then after that, like, went away after that game was over and I guess world at war came out next and then modern warfare two came out and they, you know, added matchmaking like slowly, but surely the dedicated server stuff has just kind of gone away um, on these big games mm. where it's been kind of disappointing. I've just kind of had to deal with it, you know, and I don't like it as much as having a server browser and a place where I know I can congregate and play with the same people all the time. Yeah. That used to be, a, I mean, you used to do that with every game that used to be kind of normal. That was just the like- way you played PC games. That was yeah. just it. You had a server browser and if you had to rent a server or have your own, you could like actually run a server out of your basement and have the server code on your on your own computer and just run it yourself if you wanted to. Um, but even if these people that I was playing with, like right now, if you want to do that, you have to have all these people added to your friends list and then you kind of group up and then you match make. And this was like, no, I just had. It was the server. And if you got on there. Yeah, I knew who I was playing with every single time, whether I was playing with them or against them, it didn't matter. We were all just a bunch of dudes having a good old time. Um, and then after that, we would congregate onto online forums and talk about, you know, whatever, random things. And it was a lot of fun. And that's kind of gone away in favor of just matchmaking and kind of locking down the online experience without being able to. And I know there's some things that still have dedicated servers that you can still get a hold of. I know like Conan Exiles has dedicated servers and stuff like that. Um, 
but it's just not the same anymore as it used to be. I think that's a good one. Well, you know, I've come to maybe recognize the fact that um, there's just no going, there's just no going home again, or there's like no going back to uh, the first time you ever had an experience. There's no way to like exactly recapture that feeling with anything that's approximately the same. Mm. Um, so like sometimes I think back to like the first time I ever played Diablo, which was the, which was actually the demo of Diablo before the game was even released. And, um, it was like an entirely new experience for me because I, I'd never played anything that it was sort of descendant of, uh, up to that point, which would be some like games like Rogue or, um, I don't even really know what else they were trying to kind of like bait. Cause when they were creating Diablo, it was originally like a real time game or no, it was a real, it was originally a turn based game. And then they sped it up to real time. And, uh, and it was kind of this like new thing, but, um, uh, but, but that's one example. And then another would be something like, um, Metal Gear Solid or something like, you know, I, I the first Final Fantasy game that I ever played, uh, you know, which yeah. would have been the Final Fantasy, um, well, I guess it was the original one, but the first one I really got into was, uh, the US release Final Fantasy II for the Super NES. Um, there's just no, there's no really going back and recapturing that. The best you can kind of really hope for is something like an evolution within the genre to, to make you, I guess, kind of feel a glimmer of that new like discovery, but uh, you, you can never really get there exactly unless it's something completely new or new for you. Like I, I kind of have something similar to that, but it's more biological, I guess, than anything. Yeah. I, I used to be able to like stay up until the wee hours. Like I've been up to see the sun <laughs> rise uh, playing some game and just like playing now i'm out by like 9 30 you know yeah yeah um and i used to i i feel like i used to regularly like that was my time to play games was like to stay up overnight and just play something no one would hassle me i'd be playing whatever civilization or just whatever and just mm. loving it and i just i can't anymore like even if i specifically try i look at it like i have mellowed out a little bit and I've learned to really appreciate sleep in, in a way that I now value sleep more than I value, I you know, staying sleeping. up to the wee hours of, uh, so there was this one time with, um, I think it was Assassin's Creed Brotherhood where basically like I came home from work on like a, like a Friday and this was before we had kids or anything. And so like, I think I had dinner and then, like, I sat down and was playing the game by, like, say, 7.30 or something. And I, like, literally basically sat on the couch and played that game all the way through until I finished the game. Um, not in that one session. I think I'd been, like, building up to finishing it, you know. But I ended up sitting on the couch and playing until, like, I don't know, 4 or something in the morning and, and finishing the game. And then when I got up to, like, you know, turn off the TV and, and go to bed or whatever, like, I just, like, felt, like, faint almost like, like I had been sitting <laughs> like dizzy, down. right? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I felt like I was going to fall down or something. So like I had to basically like sit down again and sort of catch oh, my breath. Man. And, and that was really the first time I was like, okay, this is, uh, something's, you know. something's changed. <laughs> War has changed. <laughs> exactly. And you know, at that point I was like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what year that was. Old and depressed. I was like about to be <laughs> 29 or something. I don't know. And, um, 
And it was just like, well, at the same time, because I realized that I'd just been sitting there the whole time and like, you know how you've ever heard of like deep vein thrombosis and, and like all this, <laughs> like weird stuff that can happen to you if you, uh, if you do weird things to your body, right? It's just not healthy, man. So you got to get up, you got to take a break every 15 minutes and walk around. So just like Nintendo's always told you, take a break every 15 <laughs> yeah, They were right. Exactly. They, they've been right this whole time. You know, it's funny you should say when you were just about to turn 30, because I, th- I was just thinking that was about the last time. Here's another one. That was about the last time I was good at video games. Like I used to, I used to get, cause I'm thinking like the last time I could really own a game was probably like Killzone 2. I, I would, and when, when was that? 2000? I mean, that was about 10 years. That, no, That's maybe been a while. 10. That's like 2006. It, it has been a while. Like I would, and even then I would get, you know, I'd take about 15 minutes. I'd take a few matches to get warmed up and then I could consistently stay at the top of the leaderboards. That's the last time I remember being awesome at a game. And now I feel, you know, this did not, this, this topic did not originally <laughs> turn out to set out to be like a, now I'm so old, but you know, like <laughs> I just it. now I, you do, you just have to deal with it. And I guess all you need is like a young girlfriend who's real good at reading like facts online to tell you, but I'm just constantly feel like I am just like confused every time. Like, what do we do in monster hunter? And she's just like, yeah, oh, come on. And I, you know, I'm just like, I don't even know what's going on. And I can eventually shoot some guys in the face, but I'm just nowhere near as good as I used to be. And I, you know, I used to kind of be bothered by it and I still am a little bit, but I've gotten to the point where it's just self-deprecating humor all the time. Like, up oh, yeah. here's me again, you know, with the, the 0.3 kill death ratio. Uh, but that did not used to be the case. Well, I Jeremy, swear. Maybe you should check out some uh, turn-based war games. And, uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I really do, do need to spend some time doing that stuff instead. I really do. That's, that's a good point. I need to evolve. Yeah. I just, the other thing you, you, that you might kind of like, tend your uh, thoughts to in this matter is like changes with the the business of games. And so obviously one of the kind of like go-to things is like, well, you don't get the awesome color manual and extreme package cloth map sort of stuff like you used to. I mean, you can, but you're going to pay for like the $130. The Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I mean, there's something to that, but there's also just like, microtransactions and DLC and yada, 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 and all this stuff. And it's like, I think about that on mobile games all the time. Like I know I, I come on the show a lot and I'm like, Oh yeah, there's this mobile game and it's a pretty good version of such and such. Like I talked about galaxy last week mm-hmm. or whenever it was and it's all right, but it's still like the mobile, the modern mobile version of some game. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why can't they, you know, I mean, we had games that were cool in the 90s, like Masters of Magic or something, you know, like old, uh, like Dungeon Master or something, you know, but now they make the new versions of those games and they, they do follow that business model and you can just feel it a little bit. Like oh, you yeah. get into those games and even the best mobile games are often not really the same thing as, I don't know, the equivalent version of that game before mobile games were a thing. I right. Guess. Oh, totally. Um, a lot of them are just sort of monetization engines with some like game stuff hung on top of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you can yeah. really see it when it's done one. Especially because I can't figure out why we can't just get straight ports of games that we loved in the 90s. Like just straight up port them. Like just straight port those games. Why can we not get that? And charge me money for it. Fine. Um, but, but even, and it's probably the middle way. There are you some know? of those. I mean, like all the Final Fantasies and Dragon Quests. I, I was just thinking you know, that even those, those though, like remember Chrono Trigger, like even Chrono Trigger got, you know, had, had a real problem with, it, it wasn't the same. It was like the Flash version of Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. It's not a, it's not a straight hundred percent accurate port, but yeah, yeah. They, 
They've done it. They've made that all the Dragon Quest games you can play on iOS. You can play them like one handed because they they've come up with a sort of control scheme that allows you to do that. That's just yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, they they change it up point. for the platform, right? That's a good point. Yeah, the hardware. Uh, the last thing for me that I guess again isn't really about game mechanics or anything necessarily, but um, I I feel like I learned a lot as a kid, a lot of vocabulary and a lot of uh, uh, you know just I don't know a lot of life stuff. And I feel like that is missing from the games that I, I, and I really don't mind if, if kids are playing Fortnite or even Roblox or whatever, but ah, I mind. I, yeah. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not awesome, but there is definitely an element of um, it's just like ex- world exposure or whatever that is kind of missing from, from games. I feel like, I feel like I learned a lot from video games and a lot of skills that I, that I took with me. Our age now, because I, I think that, I don't know if there's an appreciable difference between the type of games that are coming out now and that were then. I guess there are in terms of like back then you might play King's Quest where. Yeah, you have to do like the, a lot of reading and what's context. What's the modern equivalent? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably something. But yeah. Well, kids now will get bored of those games. I guess like kids now play games yeah. that are much more heavily focused on mechanics, right? Like That is true. That is true. Yeah. Like platforming stuff is really big with kids. So. But I think if you... Because kids, you know, kids, you know, they're all different and like they'll all evolve the different interests and different things. But like eventually you'll probably see them settle down with something like a, I don't know, Life is Strange or something, which is kind of maybe in a way sort of a modern equivalent of like a police quest or <laughs> yeah know, i mean i can see like what that. you're saying subject matter saying. being different but um you know that kind of game i guess yeah yeah well i don't know i mean a lot a lot of stuff is changing in games and it's hard to say that uh, things would be better if they stayed static but uh in the meantime for for those of us who uh you know have had to suffer through yeah. it well you know we the, the good news is if if you miss old style games just go on kickstarter because there's like a million zillion of them, right? There's like or, or play the literal games on like GOG. Yeah, exactly. Go back and play like your your favorites. Or like if you're um someone that w- was into something like you know Baldur's Gate or whatever. Nowadays there's like Pillars of Eternity, right? And it's yeah, it's modernized, but they are trying to recapture some of that that uh, those old ga- older games had. That's true. It's a little yeah. bit like when uh, yeah, I mean I think we've talked about this before, but the the people who were kids. Like our age, you know, back in those days now are making games and they want to make games that are like the games they played back then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it'll be one of the bell bottoms will be coming back in fashion along with that adventure game that uh, that you used to like. Deal with uh, that. Yeah, deal. Deal with that. Uh, and folks, uh, deal with the fact that we are going to be back in just a few days at the middle of this week to talk to you about the games that we've been playing, but that'll do it for this episode of the Game Bite Show podcast. If you have any comments that you'd like to make about uh, any of the things that you've had to deal with as the game industry has changed or as the games themselves have moved beyond what they used to be, let us know all about that. You can find us on Twitter. We are collectively at Game Bite Show. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Uh, y'all can find me at LeGrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. You can find our fourth man and co-host, Jared Red Eye Dunn, at R-E-D underscore I. Jared manages and uh, typically uh, chooses what we're going to be streaming on our twitch.tv slash show streaming page. Uh, I am not sure. This week we might be playing Conan Exiles. I'm not sure what Jared has in mind, but we just wrapped up Kentucky Route Zero Episode 4, and Episode 5 isn't out yet, so we're going we're gonna to have to figure something out. Maybe Kerbal Space Never Program. Never come back to it. 
Yeah, it could be, could be. Uh, but uh, I, he enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's been it's been quite a lot of fun. Uh, but Kerbal Space Program is the other thing that's going on. That is our game club game for the month of August. Uh, we're doing it in a sort of uh, group fashion where for the first week, the goal is to get into orbit. For the second week, uh, land on the moon. For the third week, land on the moon and get back. Uh, so we're trying to stagger it out. Everybody's going to learn some science and probably explode a few Kerbals. Uh, let us know about all of your failures. Screenshot the wreckage and uh, share that in our Discord community. You can find the link to that at the bottom of the show notes for this episode and all of our episodes, which you can find over at GameBytesShow.com, along with the sidebar of our content, which is also found at YouTube.com slash GameBytesShow. And uh, as I mentioned, we will be back in just a couple of days to talk to you about the games that we have been playing. Oh, uh, real quick, Extra Life. We're starting to promote our Extra Life team over at Extra-Life.org slash GameBytesShow. That stuff is coming up in three months, but it's never too late to get started uh, building a team and doing some good work for sick children in your your local area. Uh, So look forward to more information about that. Uh, Folks, as I said, that will do it for this episode of the Game Byte Show podcast. We really appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya. See you later.